Hello, and welcome to the UX Research Toronto podcast. My name is Emily, and I will be creating the insights episodes of this podcast. I'm super excited to be creating this podcast, not only by myself, but with Melanie Bousset, who is another UX researcher. Together, we are creating this podcast on behalf of UX Research Toronto, an awesome community of people in Toronto and around the world who want to come together as UX researchers or people interested in the field and learn from each other, teach each other things, and be a part of this next big wave in technology toward not just UX design, not just UX in general, but specifically research that benefits the user. While Melanie will be focused on her monthly segments called Personas, I will be focusing on creating my bi-weekly episodes called Insights. These episodes will be short, about 15 minutes, and be a source of information for people who are interested in UX research or who are already UX researchers wanting to grow their knowledge. These episodes will be filled with tidbits of stories, advice, news, and opportunities to learn more about UX research, or like I said, even grow your existing knowledge. Some of these tidbits will be coming from our own community. We have a Slack community, if you're not aware already, which you can find on our website at uxresearchto.com. And this is where a lot of people come together who are interested in this field. There's not only researchers, but designers, strategists, developers, and people in all kinds of disciplines who are interested in the subject of research that benefits the user. A little bit about me before I get started. I used to have my own podcast called The Innovation Intern here on Anchor, so I'm excited to be starting a new project on here. For now, this will be my one and only podcast, and I'm excited to be working on it with Melanie and the rest of the community. I'm always looking to learn more, and I love to share what I've learned and things that I find, which is why I wanted to do this podcast in the first place. Plus, having such an awesome community of UXRTO people behind me, how could I not want to share and grow this community? Some of the things that you can look forward to hearing about in this section, like I said before, are tools to help you in your research, job openings, interesting articles and discussions about them, <laughs> frequently asked questions about UX, researcher, UX research and UX researchers, as well as answers to them, um, news about the community, initiatives and things that are going on there, stories and advice, and sometimes even embarrassing ones. I'm sure I'll have a few of my own to share. Uh, books and other literary things like articles, like I said before, cool researchers and people that I want to highlight, and anything else that I think is worth sharing. Now that we have that introductory stuff out of the way, let's move on to the first thing that I want to highlight in this Insights episode. 
The first thing is a all-in-one workspace app called Notion that a few people in the UXRTO community on Slack were talking about and were really liking so far. Notion is an all-in-one workspace where you can write, plan, collaborate, and get organized, and it's supposed to replace a ton of apps and products that we're already using to try to keep ourselves organized and all of our information in one place. So Notion says that it takes care of your notes and your docs with an awesome writing experience and you can input different media types and also collaborate with other people. So Google Docs and Evernote can be replaced using Notion. A knowledge base um, can also be what Notion is used for. So things like Confluence and GitHub Wiki are great, but Notion could be the answer to keeping everything together. Plus, it looks like they have tons of cute emojis, so if you are on Slack using those emojis all the time, I'm sure you'll feel right at home using Notion. Tasks and projects, so calendars and lists and Kanban boards replace Asana, Jira, and Trello, according to their website, and Google Sheets and Airtable can even be replaced. So this looks like a great tool and product to use. A lot of people on the UXRTO community were talking about it, and I'm using it a little bit right now, and I'm liking it so far, especially having everything in one place. Although you have to make sure you're organized because things can quickly get overwhelming and you can lose things. The other awesome thing about it is it does sync across apps, so you can go from desktop to your Android or your iPhone. So if you're on the go with that work phone and you want to make sure you update your team or update your knowledge base, you can always put it into Notion. So if you are a researcher looking for the all-encompassing app to solve your organization woes, definitely check out that recommendation from the community and let me know how it works out for you. All right, moving along. So Notion sounded like a pretty great app, and now I want to switch gears and talk about a blog post that UX Research Toronto just posted on their Medium publication. Well, I mean, I must admit, it was written by me, so I might be a little bit biased, but I think it's one of the best ones that they've published so far. This blog post was part of the Meet the Instructor series, which highlights the instructors that will be teaching during the first ever Intro to UX Research course run by UX Research Toronto and based in Toronto, which I'm sure you could have guessed. <laughs> so through this Meet the Instructors segment on Medium, we're learning more about the people who will be teaching the different subjects during the course. Jordi Graham is a former customer service rep turned UX researcher at TWG, and he feels very strongly about ethics and inclusivity when it comes to UX research. I will encourage you to read the whole interview, which is, according to Medium, only about four minutes, but I wanted to highlight a couple of things that he said in his interview with me. He said that outliers are quickly and often dismissed when doing research, 
but I believe that researching and designing for the extreme user can make everyone's experiences better. The people I work with are great, and the people in these marginalized groups have the opportunity to have their voices heard during the research process, which leads to stronger outcomes and a better experience for all users. I consider myself an inclusive design practitioner and I advocate for other researchers to be as well. I really liked when Jordi said this in our interview, and I think this is something we all need to take to heart. It's great to be researching and designing for people who don't have disabilities, who aren't outliers, and it's easy to quickly dismiss their experiences as ones that don't happen that often. But like he said, it might be better to consider their opinions because involving those people and involving those experiences could make it better for everyone. An example of this that one of my professors talked about in one of her classes is the OXO company. The story goes that in 1989, businessman Sam Farber had kind of an aha moment after watching his wife struggle with a common vegetable peeler. He noticed that it was hard for her to use even the simplest kitchen tools, and he set out to make an ordinary kitchen tool that was easier for everyone to use. So since then, OXO has created the OXO Good Grips line, which introduced the concept of universal design to mass retail and created customer demand for better performing, easier to use kitchen tools, which is totally wild. When the researchers and the designers set out to make this tool, they talked to people from all spectrums of the user process. So old women who had arthritis in their hands and could barely grip tools down to toddlers and little kids learning how to use kitchen appliances for the first time. They wanted to make it soft enough that it wasn't, um, it wasn't too hard to hold, but at the same time, they couldn't make it too soft because then it would just slip right out of their hands. They wanted to use gripping mechanisms and um, striations of rubber that would bend and flex with the person's hand, no matter how big or how small they are. It's this idea of universal design that really pushed people to create tools and experiences that included people from all ranges of the spectrum. Like I said, from an elderly woman with arthritis in her hands to a five-year-old kid learning how to use a vegetable peeler for the first time. Okay, maybe not five years old, maybe more like 10 or 12, but still, small hands to arthritic hands, and making it easier to hold doesn't take away from everyone else's experience. It actually made it better, because the people who don't have any issues with their hands or with holding and grabbing things and maneuvering their arms and their wrists um, benefit from this as well, because it's even easier for them to hold. So this goes back to what Jordi was saying about universal design and including those people's stories. Because you might be surprised at how much easier it makes it for everyone.
to top off this quick episode, I want to drop some job opportunities on you all. So, from a search for UX researcher, I have found that Intact in Montreal is hiring a UX researcher. A user experience researcher at the Home Depot Canada in the Toronto area is a position that's open right now. A junior designer and studio artist at Oliver Agency, also in Montreal, is open if you're more on the design side. A design research associate at Scotiabank in Toronto is available. This might be a great entry-level position or internship possibility for students or people looking to transition into a UX researcher role. There's also quite a few UX UI designers if you're more inclined on the design side again, and a UX designer position at Ecobee in Toronto, Ontario, if you are so inclined. There is also a user researcher position open at Thelmic Labs, which is where the lovely Alec Levin, who is one of the organizers of UX Research Toronto, works currently. He's pretty awesome. And if you wanted to speak to him more about Thelmic Labs, you could always join us on Slack and, you know, message him and see what's up (laughs) or not. I mean, it's up to you. But those are some great opportunities that are open right now as of June 24th. And if you are applying or looking for advice on applying, don't hesitate to reach out to people in the community. Just as a little anecdote, I asked about salary negotiations and how much I should be asking for as a UX researcher in Toronto and the community gave me an outpouring of answers. I probably got at least a dozen. So people are more than willing to help you out and to grow the community. So don't hesitate to reach out. All right, my lovely listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm very excited to be here. As always, if you have any questions or comments or you want to get in on the conversation and you're listening on the Anchor app, don't be afraid to drop me a voice message and I will play it next time I make an episode. If you are listening on another podcast listening app, don't worry, you can always reach out to me on the UX Research Toronto Slack channel. My handle is just at Emily, and you can usually find me there talking to strangers and (laughs) making friends. If there's anything I missed, anything you want me to cover next time, or, you know, just some general questions and comments, definitely let me know, and don't be afraid to reach out to the community. Thanks again for listening, and I hope to hear you soon.